to be present, we must be intentional. And to bear fruit, we must feed the soul. You're listening to Positive and Ponder. Hello, Ponders. Welcome back to another episode of Positive and Ponder, a podcast where we talk about everything and anything to give you some encouragement to help you gain some perspective and just to shed more light. And I'm excited for today's episode. Um, We're here on Zoom, so the quality might not be the best. Um, The signal is not working in our favor, so uh, we'll just work with what we have. I know for sure we are recording, so which is good. Um, but today I have Claire with me, also known as Mindful Minzy on Instagram, and an amazing artist who creates art with purpose, specifically in advocacy for mental health um, in the Asian American Pacific Islander community and in general. Um, so thank you so much for joining me, Claire. Thank you so much for inviting me. This is so exciting. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, 8.40 p.m. where I'm at. What's your time? Um, It's also 8.40 p.m. Oh, oh, sorry if you hear some noise in the background because my roommates might have just came in. So it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's like so late. I hope that I have enough mental capacity to talk about such a deep topic. But I think we're going to have fun. I think it's going to be a good yeah. conversation to fall asleep to. I hope. <laughs> but anyways um this is our first time meeting technically literally technically um please share more about yourself claire because i can only uh give you just give them a description of who you are through you know instagram so please yeah so hi i'm claire um i'm the creator of my Vinci, which I actually started uh, throughout the pandemic because I was having a lot of self-reflective moments. And I think I was always really interested in mental health, but um, it was one thing to just like read about it through like self-help books or through like um, therapists that I like to follow, like, like Nidra, she's a really good therapist. Um, but also, yeah, to just take a deeper look into myself and, um, you know, just become more self-aware because I think that's one way to notice patterns that have been occurring in my like life, um, like through relationships that I've been in or through friendships or, or any, anything of that matter. Um, but also I think I just want to make people feel less alone Mm -hmm. and more, and, and and like it's very hush hush still I think um, the topic of mental health like just talking about it within the Asian community um, because I think much of the values that are rooted in being Asian is uh, being stoic or um, really staying loyal to your tribe or um, masking your pain or your stress and um yeah replacing that with a sense of accomplishment or Mm. or just yeah like having the face of you're okay because that's what um protects your family that's what protects you so yeah face saving acts like that's um a really big thing but so so I felt really confused in my journey because it's like 
I saw, um, you know, my, like, I, like, I wouldn't want to say like white counterparts, but like my Caucasian friends just openly delve into spirituality or, um, talk about like dysfunctional families or attachment styles and all of that. But, um, it wasn't really a prevalent topic, I think within the Asian community, but, now, I think since the pandemic started, a lot of people want to talk about it. So there's mm-hmm. like these communities online, like Subtle Asian Mental Health and and, and Subtle Asian Trades. So um, I think those are good communities to join if you ever want to um, find some, you know, support and, and find a healthy support system outside of your uh, biological family. But anyways, yeah, back to um, my mindful Minzy stuff. So I think really, um, yeah, I just want people to feel less alone in their journey. And really, it's, it's about talking about really uncomfortable things. So that's, you know, and, and I'm not, I think at first, I was really afraid of that. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, what if like people will judge me? Like, like what if like you know I'm not even qualified. I'm not like a certified therapist or whatever. So what if I'm not, um, you know, just certified to talk about these kinds of things like boundaries and attachment styles and, um, yeah, what what a dysfunctional self looks like. So I like to um, just really yeah delve into that through my artwork and be expressive about it so Mm -hmm. so yeah um I think that's great (laughs) um uh that you're so transparent about it because again like you said it's not an easy thing to talk about um specifically in in our culture now again in in today's conversation um you know we're talking about mental health specifically within the Asian American Pacific Islander uh, community and I told her in the beginning that I was a bit nervous talking about this topic on my podcast because just like you I didn't mm-hmm. um want it to seem like we were putting them down like our own culture down or putting our loved ones down because of course there's always a root to things um and a reason as to why things are the way they are um but this is just to shed light Um, shed light on areas that are not uh, talked about often. And I think, you know, even though you said that you may not be certified, I think some of the best people to have a conversation with about this are the people who firsthand experience it um, and who have gone through it. Um, And, and, you know, sometimes we still deal with it today, but, you know, just having the conversations and being vulnerable um, is so important. That's what I definitely push on my podcast um that's like one of the biggest themes of my podcast is vulnerability because you know society may see see it as you know a weakness or you know you're too overly emotional but it's really what glues us together and it's what Mm -hmm. reveals you know the human in us um which is i think is another thing to to that we can dive deep into um first i want to track back and say your art is amazing (laughs) like wait I don't remember how exactly how we connected on Instagram but I'm so glad we did do you do you know how oh oh. I I think I just reached out to you because I was a fan so I was like (laughs) okay look you're shaking your head but I like I remember like second year like I would walk to 
Starbucks and I would like and study. Um, but on my way to the cafe or like Starbucks, like I would listen to your podcast. So what? yeah, I, I feel, <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> that's crazy. I mean, to me, that's like jaw dropping because like, you know, when, of course, when you're doing something you love, you don't really expect too much from it like you just do what you enjoy and so you telling me that is very affirming to me so thank you <laughs> yeah no, of course <laughs> it's great to know that I'm not just talking to myself you know yeah no you're you're totally not I'm I'm listening to all of it okay oh. sorry that sounded really creepy no <laughs> it's okay I, I get it I get it um okay great so but yeah guys please check her out on instagram like you have art with a purpose and in, in what you do um back to the topic i guess we'll start off with talking about i guess our upbringing right because that's kind of like where it all starts um for me it's it's not a conversation very common in my household still to this day i can definitely say it's gotten a little better mm-hmm. just because you know, um, as I get older and gain more awareness and go through my own mental health journey, I've gotten, you know, more passionate about it and realize it's important, not only to me, but for my community itself. You know, you definitely gain, sometimes you may have those moments of like anger and frustration because sometimes it feels like a dead end, but also at the same time, Mm -hmm. you just, once you learn more and gain perspective, you have empathy you know, towards it. And like what you said, all you can really like have is just empathy and and just want to help in any way you can. Um, So Mm -hmm. I can only speak from my personal experience. So yeah, it wasn't really, it wasn't really a thing in my household. Like even just the matters of saying sorry, or like apologizing, just like emotions in general, or just like, kind of like not talked about um very uncomfortable and also by the way I read your um your bio it said that you're ENFJ that's your personality yeah so I'm also I think throughout the years it's turned into INFJ so a little bit oh my god yes (laughs) I know this is meant to be okay (laughs) Um, wow we need you to eat touch Yes, I love that. (laughs) But I mean, yeah, right. (laughs) Me and you both, I think, even though we haven't met in person, like I can definitely tell by our energies that we are the kind of like the problem solvers, or at least the ones (laughs) who try to, you know, resolve things within the household, within our community. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, Mm -hmm. I wanted to learn more about uh, you and you know what's first let's go back what's mental health to you and you know w- how was it for you growing up and is it was it ever being talked about in, in your household yeah no that's a good question um I think mental health to me is just really focusing on healing and healing doesn't have to here's the thing about healing it's it's not that um, you know, you have to be perfect or, you know, you, you read something and you're just like, oh my God, I'm so enlightened and you can feel enlightened, but that just because you read something doesn't mean you're healed right there. And then it's a constant journey. It's mm-hmm. constant effort. Um, you can always fall back into depression. You can always fall back into negative habits and it's really amplifying that inner voice and saying, it's all right. 
you know, it's okay. Fine. And a lot of, at least for me, it's like, sometimes I'm like, oh my God, I failed. I am an imposter. You know, I have Mm -hmm. imposter syndrome. Sometimes I'm like, oh my God, I'm not living up to my words because I'm going back to these negative habits. But I think even just being aware of these negative habits is part of your healing journey. And um, (laughs) things can definitely enhance your life, just um, putting on a face mask and and feeling yourself and, um, you know, um, feeling bomb while Mm. while lighting that candle putting your diffuser on and just like really enjoying that relaxing environment that you've created for yourself but you can't those things cannot solve your problems Mm -hmm. so um I was a little scared I think when I was talking about self-care at one point where it's like I didn't want to communicate to the audience that, oh, you know, you should um, put on a face mask or you should turn on your diffuser and you should do yoga because firstly, not everybody can afford um, the luxuries of, you know, buying a diffuser. Um, mm-hmm. Secondly, like I said before, it's, it's not going to solve every single problem. And, you know, it's something that I want to communicate moving forward is that learning to be authentic to yourself, learning to honor your voice, um, learning to not run from your problems, but actually um, be empathetic to yourself and just talk about it openly without being scared is, you know, are, are these stepping stones um, for mental health, but also, yeah, I'm um, growing up. Um, mental health i think it's it's still not as talked about you know my parents being immigrants and also um you know living through a time where things were pretty scarce um they've experienced um these needs that weren't fulfilled for them but they're fulfilled for me for example, mm-hmm. like, you know, having a roof over your head or having, um, you know, food to eat on the daily or um, just being able to engage in like activities like soccer or, or, you know, playing with your parents that way. That wasn't a luxury. I think they couldn't afford as well. So it's like when they see me having those things, they think, oh, you know, we've, we've done it, right? Um, health, you know, that's also just as important as maintaining your physical health, which is your mental health. And I see my parents struggling with their own things. So it's like, I try to be a listening ear, ear for them. And I think really, it's, it's not just, you know, like teaching your parents, like, oh, you should learn this and this and this, because they're, they're not gonna, mm. they're like, they're not gonna, what are you saying? Yeah, what are you saying? Just eat your ramen, just, just <laughs> eat your rice. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think the more conversation we have around it, it's just, yeah, like having the openness to talk about it is a good first step. But if it doesn't work out, then also you need to accept within yourself or I need to accept within myself that I can't change people. Mm. Like I've learned all these things and I want to share this knowledge with you, with you guys, but it's like, I can't change someone, you know, 
-hmm. It's only if they're willing to change themselves. It's only if they're willing to also be interested in these kinds of things. Will we maybe have a conversation about it? And I'm empathetic to that. It's like, I'm not, I'm not going to force it on them, you know? And I think feeling out of control is my biggest fear. So, um, yeah, yeah, I know. Cause it's like, we have, we have like thoughts blowing up and like feelings blowing up all the time. So it's like, um, just having, you know, a journal to record everything or, or just feeling very in control of your environment. It's like, yeah, it's like once, you know, something goes wrong or, or, you know, plans get canceled or, or something like that. It's like, you know, you feel so anxious and you're just like, oh my God. And like, you forget how to breathe and, and all of that. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yes. I know. It's, it's so, it's so hard. Um, but I'm just happy that I'm not the only person going through this. And right. I think what gives me the most um, support is just people also being very vulnerable and talking about the bad stuff that's happening in their life not not to say that I wish that upon anyone but it's like it's like I it's like I relate to you you know and and you know you can't just show this picture perfect side of mental health you can't just Mm. be like oh here's my success story but it's also um this is what I'm going through this is the real stuff and um really listening to what other people are going through um makes gives me hope and it also allows me to share my experience with them and yeah find a find a point of um mutual respect for each other and just be best friends online so (laughs) yeah wow yeah like 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 you you're like (laughs) yeah like you just talking I'm like have we met before or like (laughs) this is crazy um Okay, let me like try to remember everything you said because there was just so many like snaps, snap moments. Um, yeah, sorry, I, I have a tendency to ramble, so no, by yeah. all means, please do. <laughs> um, first, I want to say, okay, I think we'll start on um, bringing the conversations to the family. Um, I can definitely relate to that, like with my mom. You know, she she was an Im- she's an immigrant, and so I'm. Is that considered second generation? Like, we're second generation? Oh, my God. I was so confused for that for the longest time. I was like, I don't want to say anything wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. For the longest time, I was telling people that I'm first gen. Yes. I'm like, is that right? And second gen. I'm just like, I don't understand. I'm so confused. Okay. So, I I read, (laughs) and I'm assuming this is correct. So, um, a second generation is when you're the child of someone who immigrated to wherever America or Canada so yeah I'm the same way I was like I'm first gen is like no you're not (laughs) okay so yeah so if you are second generation like you do carry that kind of that weight that load of your parents (laughs) um because you know, you see firsthand their struggles, you see them trying to put food on the table, you see them trying to provide. And, you know, even with their, you know, their parents and their parents, like, it was kind of the same concept. And like, the way they express love is through physical things like that material things, money, um, 
you know, we're just trying to protect you. And, you know, again, that there's nothing wrong with that, but that's just the way that they had to adapt and, and kind of prove their love and show their love to you because there's no, they didn't have time to show their emotions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. No exactly. Yeah. So, you know, mm-hmm. again, like, yes, it was probably the worst times of our childhood when, you know, a parent would like completely um, invalidate your feelings or tell you to suck it up in that moment. Of course, that's very detrimental and like harmful. But, you know, if you're open enough to to learn, you know, as to why they they were like that, you become more empathetic. Um, And I love what you said when you said that you can't change people. And I think that's like the best mindset to have because you don't set the high expectation and then be left with disappointment. Um, If anything, like if you really are doing it wholeheartedly and and aiming to like, you know, uh, have it be a better conversation in the family, like you will still continue. Um, But again, you can't you can't change them because it's everyone's own individual growth and journey of mental health and how I've been trying to like introduce it in my family is like, I will be the first one to say sorry, like that was like the hardest thing I could ever do because like I wasn't taught how to say sorry, but not only was it releasing, uh, not only was it for them, but it was like very releasing for me because, you know, you don't hold on to that grudge or you don't hold on to these like deep, you know, uh, expectations of people. Um, So that was very therapeutic and healing for me uh, most definitely. And like, you know, people can't change within 24 hours, but once you kind of be the example, then eventually down the road, you know, they will see that and acknowledge that. And that's the only thing we can really do, you know, is to set examples because we can't teach anybody when we can't apply it for ourselves. Yeah, no, that's, that's so true. Like you, you really can't um, change people. I mean, you could always encourage a part of them, um where maybe they'd want to change or like you know you can wish them for the better right but it's not like you know you can change them because I think part of that also goes into the discussion of codependency um Mm -hmm. which is like feeling either being um the victim that needs to be rescued or being the rescuer and um you know I, I I admit to this like I've like we talked about earlier, like we, we can be fixers, right? So mm. um, I think I, I just felt so accomplished, I guess, like when when I could solve someone's problems or I could, you know, um, feel responsible for someone. But then I realized that, um, you know, as much as like, I'd want to fix their problems. I essentially can't. I can't mm. fix it. I could always try to be a support system, but I can't fix their problems because they're an entirely different human being. And yeah, and and also part of that is like the discussion on reparenting yourself. Mm. Um, growing up, I was not the easiest teenager. I, I was hands down so rebellious and very Ooh. outspoken. Um, I was, yeah, I was like, this is wrong. Or, you know, <laughs> like this is, this is not healthy. And like, oh my gosh, and yes. then my par- <laughs> my parents and I would get into very, very heated arguments because they had a completely different outlook on things that I 
was very passionate about. And I thought the best way to really honor my values was to fight for it. But Mm -hmm. that is not, I mean, yes, but no, you know, like you can always fight for your values in another way is what I'm trying to say. And that part of fighting for your values is also reparenting yourself. It's not projecting your values onto others, but it's really manifesting that within yourself. And also bringing that to us to a group of people that are also open to that you can still love your parents you could still have compassion for them and still not impose (laughs) your um you know all of your values onto them because we're different you know they've Mm -hmm. lived in a different environment different time um a different space they're working through their own stuff and um you can still be you and you know you don't have prove that to every single person you meet you don't have to prove that to your to your parents you don't have to prove that to um you know to a stranger um you could you could still be you I mean there's so many different parts of you that makes you you I'm saying mm-hmm. you a lot <laughs> but yeah, <it's> important <laughs> yeah but um I definitely resonate yeah with what you say yeah it's been a journey itself so Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's an ongoing journey. And I never heard of that word reparenting. I think that's, that's, that's like a, a new word that I, that I really want to learn more about and just like how it can be applied to my, my own life. And um, I, I'm sure a lot of people are taking value from this, because again, it's such a kind of a scary thing to talk about. Because, again, like we are, I don't want to say conditioned, but like, we're just used to um, always being on you know, I got to keep my parents proud mode, like always got to fulfill their expectations of us because, you know, Mm -hmm. they do so much for us. And I, and I always Mm -hmm. like, I always shout out my mom because she's, you know, a a single hardworking woman who took, took, you know, has nine kids and and stuff like that. So I owe all it, all of it to her being hopeful of, of the future when it comes to families, because sometimes like I did, I used to did, I I used to did, that's not English. Um, I I used to (laughs) approach, uh, sharing more mental health awareness to my family in a way where, where it seemed like I was like better than them or like that I knew the answers and they're wrong. Mm. It's like, and that didn't really help me on my part. And if anything, it just made it even more stressful. I feel I always believe that whatever happens inwardly will will manifest and and kind of um, influence people around us. You know, whether that's good or bad. So, yeah, awesome. Um, to branch off into um, another topic when it comes to mental health is kind of like our identity. This one's I, I've been looking forward to talking about this because it's, I don't talk about it much. Um, there's definitely that kind of hard balance of balancing. Like for me as an American, it's like, oh, you're too American. You're too Filipino. Like you're you're just not enough of mm. whichever side. So there's like this. Um, what's this? Uh, there's a term for it. It's like culture dysphoria or something like that where it's like you have a a difficulty in balancing the two and um do you have any experience with that you know through school did you have any like uncomfortable moments (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) girl (laughs) go I feel like that's like a daily struggle for me like I'm 
Um, I think it's because, like, man, I just it's like sometimes I don't know if this if this is something you experience, but like, like there's certain like phases of my life where I'm very connected to my Korean community. And there's like, and I'm surrounded by a lot of like Korean friends and Korean people and Korean culture. And then there's like another phase of my life where I'm surrounded by like a lot of my Western friends and their culture. So it's like, it's, you know, I think what it's very human um, and it's very common to want to belong. Belonging to a certain group gives us a sense of reassurance that we have purpose but at the same time I think I've come to realize or try to just like affirm to myself that I'm allowed to hold these um different parts of myself you know Mm. um I think there's a lot of prerogative around you know you need to be this certain person and just you know, master it almost. Even like within work, it's like master that skill, master that profession, just completely be that profession or be that something. Really want to affirm to myself, like even now that it's that I I don't need to completely belong in Mm. each group, you know? Um, Mm. It's, I can't, it's just, I think it's impossible as a second generation um Canadian it's it's impossible you can't completely be Korean you can't completely be Canadian but I think the really relieving part about accepting this is that I can find people that also experience this kind of stuff yeah just like freeing to hear that you know even you like you uh also experience this and that you know it's really confusing and you know sometimes I just feel yeah like that's something also I feel really out of control of it's like if I don't take ownership over my identity like who am I Mm -hmm. and then I go into this rabbit hole of like who am I who am I you know Mm -hmm. and and it's totally valid I'm not ashamed of that it's it's valid because it's so confusing I mean navigating life as a second gen it's hard to really explain to people without feeling insecure and because mm. then it just seems like unconfident about myself but that's not really the case it's not that I'm unconfident it's just that I'm very confused so right wow yeah <laughs> I, I like how you ended on that just like how things things are still uncertain to us and we're still trying to figure it out and for me like like you I'm constantly surrounded by the Filipino culture or community um, as to you know being with like my western friends and it's definitely conflicting in a way Um, and I feel like it may be different for other people but like definitely that like model minority thing can Mm. go into play like it wasn't heavy heavily said it was more like of a passive thing or like an expectation like you know oh you know this group of people are here you better like change the way you behave or act or you know just for the Mm -hmm. sake of other people um I think it's definitely getting better in our generation for Mm -hmm. sure which I'm very Mm -hmm. grateful for and it's you know it's all uphill from here but you know I like you said it's okay to not 
be certain of all things I think we're both the same where it's like we plan everything we have to know what's happening today yeah we have to know what's happening yeah. next month oh my god yeah <laughs> like yeah very type a that way so um, um like survival instincts kick in you know <laughs> always always and I think that's also another thing that's been kind of um influenced in our lives and our cultures like uh, you'll have to be certain about things all the time. Like you have to be certain of what's in the future, like what job are you going to have? Like, you know, how are you going to be able to support yourself? So it's a lot. Like that's why I said like one episode can't cover everything. <laughs> so throughout this pandemic, of course, we all know that um, Asian hate crimes did arise um, specifically on social media. I feel like it's been a thing throughout the years like for a while um it was just more heavily uh Mm -hmm. shown now through social media um what were your thoughts on it how how was everything with you throughout that time I felt so kind of overwhelmed during that time because I mean it's one thing to to read that kind of news and just truly like it's like oh yeah you know this is going on like shootings and just harassment like I I think I even saw you know like yeah elderly like Asian people being like pushed on the street and I'm just like I don't know that doesn't really click to me like how you can just push like a senior you know despite their race or where they come from but also I think it felt weird to be put in the spotlight Mm. um because I've also received messages from time, like, I can help out and, you know, be a listening ear for you. And as much as I'm, like, really happy and thankful about these messages, it still felt a little weird to me that, you know, I'm suddenly, like, like, my race is, like, the victim. And, mm. and I don't want to uh, discredit or yeah, just discredit, you know, the, the actual victims. So um, I think during that time, you know, it does need to be handled very carefully and Mm -hmm. gently. It's a delicate topic and it's something that has been happening for a while, but it's been more amplified throughout the pandemic because everybody is more online. How about you? What do you think about it? If I'm like completely honest, like I was just confused and overwhelmed as well because like it was a big wave of um, emotions because at the same time, BLM was happening. Mm -hmm. And um, I have a half brother who's half black, half Filipino. And at the same time, like I'm over here and like seeing like the Asian hate crime. So it was definitely like overwhelming just thinking about it all and like a side of my brain was like, this is horrible. Like people are insane. Another half was like, did, have I ever experienced, you know, mm-hmm. like discrimination towards me? Like, am I the person to say something because I haven't, you know, am I the person to speak up for my brother who is African-American? Like, it was just a lot, you know, and I, I didn't know what to say at that moment because I feel like of course, other people, um, it's it's more sensitive to them because they've experienced it more. And so I didn't really know my place in, in, in what was happening at that moment. But all I could do was to just in, 
to educate myself. I feel like that was mm-hmm. the only thing I could do. I can't go out in the streets. Like I, I don't have all the knowledge. I don't, you know, have the big voice too. I don't have all the, the harsh experience other people are experiencing, but the only thing that I could do was to educate myself. And I feel like that's like the biggest thing you can do in this time, you know, um, mm-hmm. like, what are you doing in the meantime while all of this is happening? Cause it felt horrible just being at home comfortable seeing all those news on social media Mm -hmm. and um yeah I felt a little bit more less guilty knowing that at least you know I'm um informing myself on on things and gaining perspective that makes perfect sense like I don't know yeah I felt so confusing and I think even for me educating myself on the topic by by reading posts through Instagram um really helped me to put things more into perspective and also I think just to maybe stretch this a little further um on a positive note I think talking about how Asian people are represented in general has been you know I think a positive point for Mm -hmm. us um you know like how we're represented in media and in Hollywood and Mm -hmm. Even I know this might be a little off tangent, but like how Asian people might just play the sexualized like ninja, you know, mm-hmm. or or like the com- the comic relief, right? And I think with sort of the boom of like K-pop and um, like BTS, like just seeing the BTS meal in like McDonald's was like <laughs> I was like, whoa, like Korean. <laughs> Gochujang, like okay, we so then, yeah, we made it like chili pepper, like with my fries, like hello. <laughs> um <laughs> or like yeah, just like like the movie Parasite or yeah, even just like Squid Game. I'm like, whoa, like it's yeah. just like this whole wave of like my culture yes. being represented feels really empowering but also very weird and it feels and and it's just like it makes me realize I'm like oh like not to like spread any hate and also like I'm not trying to spread any hate but it makes me realize like how little Asian people were represented Mm. in media because it's so commonplace to just see like white people like Brad Pitt or Angelina Jolie Mm-hmm. Like, it's just so, so common to just sort of rave about them, like, in Met Galas or or whatever. And just seeing, like, the influx of Asian, like, celebrities being represented in, in you know, in North America, mm-hmm. it just felt so overwhelming to me. But it's just so common. It's just so common for, like, Westerners, I guess. But um, the new, like, Shang-Chi movie... Like, mm-hmm. I, I think that's also really empowering to see. I love that movie. I, I watched it in theaters, so. Same. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think you have a great point there. And, like, it was just, it was very eye-opening to see, like, how we aren't very represented, at least all in all ways. Like, I feel like, again, like, we're, we're shown as the stereotype most times. Um, and I think not only in just like, you know, the the film industry or whatever, but just like even in our communities, like people don't talk about the Asians that are not 
the stereotype of Asians. Like, mm. you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. And that's why I really loved um, Spider-Man um, and also Shang-Chi because it kind of represented oh, yeah. like uh, those Asians that like weren't excelling in math or weren't the best in school. Like not to say like, we're you know, they're, they're dumb or anything, but it's just like, you know, it, it lowers the, the pressure on us and also widens, you know, the perspective on us that, you know, that we are also human, you know, we're not all these things, you know, and it just, it, it creates more of a, a, re- a relatability, you know, type of thing. And be like, oh, I'm just like that person on TV. Yeah, yeah. So, and like off the boat or was it fresh off the boat and like all of these things I love seeing. And again, like to end on a positive note, uh, I really do value the times where I was a part of um, this organization um, back in middle school and high school called Asian American Lead, where we talked about leadership. We talked about, um, you know, our, our cultures learned about other people's cultures and were involved in the community. And you know that thing is like Asian pride. Like, yeah, it's kind of like cringy, like when you say it, but it's like, I'm so proud that we still have communities that are so proud about our culture, even like those who are considered too American. It's like we're at least behind the scenes still um still holding on the to the baton, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and and being able to like showcase like the positive things about our culture right and um yeah it's just such an empowering thing to see people kind of uh use their voice to to show who we really are you know yeah no for sure like I'm just yeah still trying to like process um all this like good stuff that's happening for the API community and I'm just yeah I'm really happy that we're having these conversations and I think it is it is improving um, just because also I think like my Western friends, you know, they're taking interest and they're like bringing up like, oh, like, like what kind? Well, I, I really want to try like cream barbecue or like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like stuff like that. So these little things like um, makes me feel heard because I'm no longer trying to fit myself into their culture, especially during like very uncertain times, like um conversations like this is so vital and and is very needed throughout these times and um I think people like you um people who take the time to like spread awareness and then you know also have time to um be open-minded and and just to share positivity like that 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 empowers me and that motivates me and that's why I had you on this podcast like I'm forever grateful Claire I really hope we can be in person um and so yeah thank you so much do you have anything you'd like to plug in um anything you'd like anyone to know to look forward to yeah um so I have been a little bit on hiatus uh for Instagram and it's honestly because I think I was just busy just trying to apply what I've been learning into my own life. And I think that's been rewarding in a way Um, because it's like one thing to just like, I love learning and learning things and, and reading things, but also it's just being able to go out and live and breathe it, you know? Um, But I definitely want to start posting again. I'm trying to create a a schedule. So yeah, look forward to that. Um, I do want to branch more into video content. So hopefully 
I'll be making more reels and mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I'm so happy. I, I it just seems weird that I'm like talking on this platform, knowing that like I um have been listening yeah. to your podcast. <laughs> so yeah, definitely um to all the listeners out there, Pauline is awesome. Um you ground me. Um yeah. I think there was one episode where you were like out in nature and like you mm. were just like doing this guided meditation and like yeah I was like listening to that and that made me feel really peaceful. Oh. So if you're ever walking to um a coffee coffee shop or coffee store <laughs> you know who to listen to. <laughs> so thanks Claire. I really appreciate it. <laughs> And um, much success to you. Like, I'm really looking forward to the content. But I can also relate to you when you say um, that you wanted to take a hiatus to apply the things that you teach others. Um, I think that's so important. Same with self-care. Like, I'm, like, such an advocate. But my, like, ideas on self-care has also changed. And I'm like, okay, I need to, before I can serve others, I should serve myself. Um so that you know one for myself and also right i'll be more effective that way to to be able to to give it intentionally and purposefully and genuinely so yeah thank you guys so much for tuning in um such a great conversation i hope zoom picked up most of it um i don't know what's going on with our signals but i think we've definitely tackled a lot in this this episode and if you've taken value from it or like to expand more please don't hesitate to talk to me or to claire um as we'd love to you know interact with you guys even more and talk about it more um if uh you take value from this podcast just like claire has which i'm grateful for uh don't forget to subscribe and follow me on instagram at pauline.ponders and yeah so i'll see you guys in the next one don't forget to always love to always be curious and to always ponder bye guys